What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton. And I'm Carla. Joining me as always. Um, has there ever been a time when our life was just boring? Um, not many. Um, very, well, hardly. Yeah, no, not much ever. Never. Yeah, so as we're thinking about what we're going to talk about in this podcast, and I guess we're going to talk about it because not because it's something we've really experienced, but that I know that couples do. And that is, boy, what do you do when you're sort of in those marriage doldrums? Um, you know, if you're not familiar with the word doldrums, it's, well, it just means you're sort of in this stagnant place. Um don't like if a you're rut? in the sailing at all, stagnant. No, I meant, I meant, is this also like a rut? Yeah, it could be like, like a rut. rut. Okay. Could be like you just sort of like you know you're the hamster on the wheel, you're good doing doing, but nothing's really changing or happening. It's just sort of the same thing every day. And I know there are couples that struggle with that. And oftentimes, it's not when they're newly married. It's sort of when, you know, you have kids, you get into this routine and you've got this thing that sort of works, but it tends to be the same thing again and again and again and again. And I think sometimes you get to that point that you look at the marriage and it's like, you know, it's not bad, but it's not great. great. Okay. It just sort of is. And the reason I think that we said that we've never really experienced that is because, you know, ours for a lot of these was just a struggle. So it wasn't like boring. It was stressful, stressful. Right. I was going to say, I think for us, probably the one time maybe we we could have and we're going to talk about kind of some of the things that we think are, are good to do if you sort of evaluate and think you are in this place for us. I would say maybe when you get to the empty nester phase, that's another time frame in marriage that's potentially ripe to let that happen if you're not, you know, mindful of it. It's just one of the times, maybe. It yeah, it might be. I think it's probably more likely when you've got the kids and everything's going and it's just because, and we'll get to that in the first minute, but. I just think that's sometimes it happens, but I think where that happens at the end in that empty nesters is because the of what went on before. Yeah. Well, and I guess that, and maybe life settles down a little, and that's what I'm thinking is that it's easy to then just kind of get into a routine of we work, we do this, we come home, you know. Yeah, where we is it? sit in front of the TV, yeah. we go to bed, we get up, we work, we, we start all over. Yeah, we yeah. do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, and the reason we say that, and I, I think the the reason this can be potentially, I won't say dangerous, but potentially a hazard, is that it's those times that I think sometimes you step back and you look, and it's sort of like, is this all there is? And then suddenly something else may come along that looks more exciting and get your juices flowing and get you excited about something. And I think that's when it's you can be at a really vulnerable state when you're in sort of this marriage doldrum period, if you're not careful. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about, one, how do you, I, I think you probably know if you're there or not. I would say that <clears throat> my guess would be that a woman 
absolutely knows. The wife absolutely knows if they're there. If she yeah, has the a, guy may be clueless. Yes, yeah. and and because I think so much of the time that you know God has set up the marriage in such an incredible way, and He's called the man to to lead and be the head. But I think the wife's the heart, and I think she is so wired to be relational. And that is such an incredible need that if that is not happening in sort of a really good connecting way, I think she's pretty aware of that, either that there's a there's a hunger and a desire for that and she's not had it and she wants it or it slipped from where it was before and she's realizing that. So yeah, she I think may most have to guys, tell the man. Yeah, most guys are probably like, if there's not a disaster, if their building isn't burning down, Things or the marriage okay. isn't burning down, they're okay. Yeah. If the wife is not letting him know, I'm not okay, or this isn't okay, and there's not quote, just tons of conflict and things like that, it may be easy to rock along and not kind of realize it. But let's make the assumption that in this case, one or both spouses realizes, uh, we're not bad. We just maybe it's aren't. Just something's missing. Yeah. The spark, something, it, something's not there. Well, let's talk about, let's talk real quick about what are some reasons you might get there? I think one is I think sometimes I think some temperaments and personalities lend themselves to that. Yeah, I definitely think if you're on, you know, we're not going to go through all the Enneagrams, but certain Enneagrams, certain um, personality temperaments, depending on which kind of test you do. Definitely people who lean toward a melancholy type temperament. Somebody's just a real homebody that, you know, they're happy. Let's just come home, veg out. Yes, and that is their... That is their comfort place. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It is just sometimes that temperament can also lean toward being a little on the blue, a little yeah. more easily depressed. You know, don't we're not saying it's wrong to be comfortable because I think you want to be comfortable and safe that you can be totally yourself and unveiled. That's important for building intimacy. But comfort to the point that it's just like, okay, you sit back and you're in the easy chair of marriage. And you just sit there and don't move at all. Like that, the old slipper? Yeah. Like, you know, the old shoe. Yeah. Bedroom slipper. Bed, whatever it is. Okay. Um, I think that can be a place. And again, it's not that it's, oh, you're in a state of sin or anything. I just think it's a place that if you're not careful, it, it's sort of like we say, if you, we're not being purposeful about moving forward, you're going to be drifting. Yeah, you're going to drift. And I don't think, I think this is sort of that stage, you don't realize the drift may be happening. Right, when because you hit these there's doldrums. not, because the doldrum is sort of the lack thereof of a stress or a huge issue going yeah, on. Yeah, a real movement at yeah, all. Yeah, and so it just may be you're sort of just kind of existing a little bit. So I think one of the first things, you know, hey, check out and look and see. Do you have a personality that tends towards that? But a lot of times, I think the first question to ask is, what are your priorities? Is something else taking the priority other than your marriage? Now, let me say here real quick. We believe that your priority ought to be your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's number one. But marriage comes right after it. And we were at a gathering the other day, and somebody asked, what do you think, as you work with marriages, what do you think the biggest challenge or struggle that they're having? 
And we sort of talked about two things. One, the lack of intentionality. They just sort of let things go. Things are going to work out. Or one of the biggest struggles, especially in our culture today, and that is busyness. Yeah. That you're doing all these other things, and some of them might be really, really good. You're taking care of your children, you're involved, you're going to their games, you're doing all those things, you're working at church, you're serving in the nursery, you're leading your small group, you go to the homeless shelter, whatever. All these things that might be really good, but if they're taking precedence over your marriage, man, that's where marriages can start to flatline. Yeah. And again, it it's not we're saying it's not saying it's a bad, horrible place. It's just there's a drift and ultimately that gets dry. And that gets into that doldrum. So how do you know whether your marriage is priority? Well, really, it's do we put all these other things before that? Yeah. Are you taking care of your own marriage as well as you're taking care of all these other things? And that's a real challenge. And especially for believers when, you know, we have this. pulled in so many Yeah, we're pulled in so many directions that, that really... Being able to step back and see what's happening, I think, is real key in this thing. So, okay, let's say you feel, you know, you look, you say, hey, maybe we are here. Maybe you just feel it. Like you said, I think, especially, I think people just know they're there. Yeah. Um, how do you get out of it? What are some tips that we could give people? And there's not a magic pill here. No, there's the, no The key word, pill. we go back to the key word that we use all the time, intentionality. Right. Hey, what you've got to decide is we're not going to stay here. Yeah. But what are some things you can do to really change things up, spice things up so that, man, you just have a spark of life and growth and excitement back in your marriage again? Well, I would say there can be a number of things. And again, some of these may resonate with you. Some may not. For example, let's just take something like the idea of a date night. So let's say that you do that pretty regularly and you're like, check, you know, I do that. All the books tell us to, the podcast told us to, everybody tells us to, we date night. And you think, okay, what are your date nights like? Are they always the same? You know, and again, if things are just spicy as they can be, that may be awesome. But if it's every time you do it, is it the same restaurant, the same thing? Well, is that all you ever do? Okay, yeah. let's go out to eat. Go. I know some couple that go out to eat, go to a movie. Yeah. That's the night. Or or just go out to eat. The movie's probably too expensive, the babysitter, and maybe the whole deal. But anyway. True. So, yeah. I mean, is it something that even that could become rote if you're not careful? So. Change can, it up. Yeah, change it up. And if you're thinking, well, gosh, I don't know how we do that. Well, we would suggest that you take one of your date nights or we would even say something like a Saturday morning or you can carve out another time that you say you have a cup of coffee you sit together the kids could be running around like crazy during this because this is fine come up get a jar get something else and each of you put 10 ideas yeah this is sort of your date night bucket list yeah and and you don't have to tell each other you just Say we're putting them in this bucket and you, you know, mix it around. And then every time you get ready to have a date night, you pull it out. Now, you pull it out maybe a little bit before you're going on your date. So in case it involves something, whatever. But maybe the agreement is, okay, half of the pieces of paper are going to be mine. Half of them are going to be yours. So if I think yours are just like 
oh my gosh, you know, then at least I know I've got 10 in there, or how many ever I put, that I really want to do, and I might have to just go, oh, okay, this is your idea of a I'll try it. Okay, so I'll try it, and then you're going to try mine. So that's just something that just says, let's do something different. Let's kind of push away from the routine, the routine pattern. Of what you're yeah, I, yeah, I think that's one thing, and you say that word routine. Routine can be good, and it can feel yeah. safe, and it can be comfortable, but it can also be sort of a slow death. Yeah, if I you're was going to say, careful. and again, hear us say, listen to what we're saying with discerning ears. Meaning, if your life is at a place that you've got a lot of chaos happening and you need to slow and have some routine and establish nights you're doing dinner as a family, doing this, doing that, that may be your season. And so the last thing you need to do is put in 20 date night yeah, well, ideas. We're not, yeah, and to be honest, we're talking about, when you're talking about being in the marriage doldrums, chaos usually does not lead itself right, to doldrums. Right, that's what I'm saying. So if you're listening to this, this may not apply to you at this moment in time. So yeah. I just want to make certain they're so, and, and if you're just totally clueless and brain dead when it comes to coming up with ideas for dating, we're actually doing a podcast sometime in the near future on, hey, what are some real creative date ideas? Ah, so if you don't have, have any creativity these? to you, uh, we You're have. You're going to give it to them. And we're going to give it to them. We're gonna, ah. Yeah, we're going to tell them and give them just some ideas of different things. And these are things that we've done and things that other people are doing. Okay. So one, sort of change the routine. And it may not just be dating. It may just be other things you're doing. Yes. Um, you know, let's just say, you know, even from something simple as family dinner time, you know, Spice it up, meaning, hey, if you got a formal dining room, have a dress-up dinner. Oh, that's uh, cute. One night, add, how about just can't dinner by candlelight? Your hey, kids will love it because they'll think that's so cool. But for y'all, it can make that something special for you. Not too long ago, I think this was in the last few months, I came in one night from work, and Johnny was already home, and he had fixed dinner, and I walked in, and the lights are sort of dim in the kitchen, and there are candles on the table, and there's music playing in the background. Well, I thought somebody must have died or something. <laughs> and he was preparing to tell me. That is and I, I know, it's sad. Hey. And I was like, what is this about? And he goes, I just thought we need to do it. So, yeah, I mean, it was like a little bitty, honestly, what did it take you to put the candles on the table and turn on the music? Five minutes? Really? Two no, minutes? yeah, hardly even that. Yeah. I mean, you but know. But it was something that elevated it above A regular the deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dinner. Yeah, again, so, the idea of getting out of the routine. Yes. Um, some other things, I think. Uh, spiritually, a lot of time I think people can be spiritually, you know, things are just. Again, dry, yeah. Dry, flatline, nothing. And, and folks, that's what makes Christian marriage unique is that spiritual component you can have. And like everything else, you got to be intentional. I think one of the best things we did, Carl and I both, I've been on church staffs. We both served in different capacities. But for 30 years of our marriage, we never did that together. Not much together. No, yeah. we were always doing anything. Different I always worked a lot with teenagers, singles, college, other groups like that. You worked with, you did women's stuff and women, you led women's studies. You did nursery, helped take care of that, which were awesome things. But we did, never did anything together. And to be honest, this sort of, we did this once we became empty nesters. 
we just thought, why don't we do something together? And y'all, you know what we did? And I bet any church, anybody listening, wherever you're going to church, this would probably knock their socks off. We asked one of the ministers that that we figured was the one who kind of told you where there were spots in the church and ministries that needed help. We said, can we come meet with you? And he was like, sure. We sat down and we said, okay, we want to do something together as a couple. We're fixing to launch our last one, or he was close to launching. And we were like, we need to have something that we start doing together. And so he literally, he was able to give us about six different areas. And he just said, hey, look, we could use y'all any of these places you got an interest. So he just gave them to us, and we talked about it and decided. But I guarantee you, if there's a church, a parachurch ministry, an organization that you both have an interest in, and you would go do something like that, um, that's cool. That's, again, another sort of intentionality to build an experience together. Yeah, and a lot of this is, hey, again, it's the focus on how do we build us. Yeah. And you can do that with building up other people. I think another great idea, let's just say that you just sort of feel like you're in this stage and you just feel like something's lacking. Things aren't bad in your marriage. You're communicating, you're doing all those other things, but it's just almost like, hey, we're lacking something. Man, what about becoming marriage mentors? What about finding a younger couple Sometimes they can just, just them being younger can add some zest to your life if you're middle-aged or older and really start to pour your life into them. Hmm. Now, is somebody hearing that going to think, well, if I'm in the doldrums, how, why do I think I need to go be a marriage mentor? I think the idea is I think so often that staleness comes because we're not pouring out. We're not pouring out. Yeah, that's a good It's point. like the Dead Sea. Remember, we got to go to the Dead Sea yes. and float in the Dead Sea. Really, really weird feeling. But it's so But salty. the reason it's dead is because it's got all in no out. and no outlet, and it's just the sun evaporates it, and that's why it's so salty that nothing is alive. In there. It is a crazy thing. And God did not intend for us just to take and take and take, but we're to be a conduit. And as God gives to us and pours into us, then we do that same thing to other people. And and y'all, you may be thinking, well, I don't want to teach anything. I don't want to lead a group. And that's totally fine. There are literally a thousand things that you could think of together that might be something that yeah, again so, would yeah, spur you on. So many places, just a one-time thing. A lot, a lot of communities have Ronald McDonald houses. Go cook dinner for them one night. Yeah, They would love it. Yeah. Fix dessert and go do it. When it comes to Christmas season, how about you go and ring the bell for the Salvation Army together? Yeah. I think that'd be terribly boring when you're just doing it by yourself. But when you're out there with your spouse, man, what a great way to sit there and minister and show God's love to other people. Um, I I think another thing, and I don't know how this kind of, what category this goes into, but I think one of the things that God has called us to do in marriage, and we've talked a lot about this, is the idea that we challenge one another in all areas of our life. And I think when our mate is either challenging us in a way that's intellectually, like asking us stuff, have you heard this? Have you read this? What do you think about this? Have you heard of this thing that's happening? And you really are discussing stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Um, if it's a book, maybe a book that you've read or something like that, or you decide to read something together and then talk about it. And we've shared, 
shared that before talking about a, a date night thing or doing books and, and talking about it on your date night. But just even just even spiritual conversations like, where are you? What's going on? What are you um, what are you thinking about? What are you studying now? Um, do you have any dreams, desires, things you that yeah, are deep in your heart? What's your biggest challenge? Yeah. What's your biggest frustration? I mean, what do you want to see God do with us or yourself in the next year? So a lot of it can be just something as simple as just maybe spend some time talking about things that you would not normally be talking about. And sometimes that's because you don't have the time. And it just gets pushed aside by the urgent. But maybe just because you've never really made that a part of your marriage relationship. Yeah. And that would absolutely, you talk about adding some zest and spice. When you begin to move into those deeper areas of communication, where you get to deeper levels, where you really are beginning to share more of your what's on the inside of you, that's an incredible way to spark some um, uh, intimacy and some bring some really new life, I think, into marriage if it feels a little dull. I think one last thing that I would probably encourage you to do is, hey, make sure you're leaning into the love languages. Mm. And if you haven't, you know, we've encouraged couples. We do that with couples. We do their premarital counseling. We A lot of times we bring it up and we talk about... Um, you know, marriage coaching with couples in that, hey, make sure you loving your spouse in a way that they understand and the way that resonates with them. And so that's where you've got uh, Gary Chapman's, is it Gary Chapman? Yeah, Gary Chapman, I think. Yes, his five, five love, love language. languages. We talked before about truity, seven love styles. I think both of those have value. But maybe just making a real emphasis and putting that priority on, man, am I showing my spouse love the way they need to be loved? Yeah. And then I think you can go back and find this one, and I think sort of we'll end with this one. Uh, I think one of the best ways to keep your marriage fresh and exciting is to go back to the five questions. Yes, I we love We talk about the five, the five questions. questions because by talking about that, by being intentional about those things, man, it hits so many areas. It hits areas of love. It hits area of how do I serve you? How do I pray for you? It hits areas of how do you want to be pursued sexually? And those are areas that, man, if you do that and put a focus on that, man, that can pull you out of that idea of this is sort of being dull and dry and routine and lifeless, I think. Well, and I think the thing, if if your spouse, for some reason, if you're asking those questions and your spouse is like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, then something else, you know, may, may be going on with your spouse. And that yeah. may be something you got to figure out what's, what's happening in their heart and their mind or physically with them. Because otherwise, those questions really allow you to express what your real wants and needs are. And so that's that's a cool way, again, to sort of move the needle on things being more vibrant. You know, this is kind of strange. And we'll close out with this. You know, I was trying to look, you know, what does the Bible say about boredom? And that could be just in your individual life, but really we're thinking about in marriage. And it actually has quite a bit to say. And a lot of that gears towards slothfulness and laziness. Mm. And to be honest, I think a lot of times our marriages get there 
into that place of the doldrums because of a lack of intentionality and that lack of intentionality could really be designed as sloth. Yeah. It's just, we stop, we're just going to sit back and coast and relax and not put any effort to it. Well, and the challenges we've said multiple times is because life may be pulling you so hard in so many ways, you may be overscheduled, overcommitted that something ends up giving. And the problem is the marriage is what gives. And that's really outside of your relationship with the Lord. That's the one thing that can't give. Good word. And we will end on that. And thanks again. And we just encourage you to keep on forging.